B C A B C A B C A B C Welcome everyone to Uppy and the Stash. I am your host, Uppy. With me as always is the Stash. How are you tonight, Stash? Donovan is doing very well tonight. Yeah. What's your what's your uh social lube tonight? What are you drinking? Besides spit, uh I'm actually going <laughs> with um I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> sorry. I had to throw that in there. I'm I'm I am I am working on um a Billet's Rye. On uh, ice, a couple ice cubes in there. You can hear that. <laughs> and then I got my uh, trusty where I always go to is uh, my Corona Extra. Next week. Next week for me. It's finally going to be summer around here. It, we're literally, we, you and I were just bitching last week about the Seattle like weather we've been having. Just cold, dreary, rainy. And my extended forecast, I'm sure yours is the same. I see 100 coming up next week. Oh, do you have a hundred coming up next week? Well, let's see for us the week for the week coming. Oh yeah, no, we're gonna be up in the nineties. Yeah, it'll yeah. probably change. I won't be surprised if it's hits a hundred. Yeah, actually, so the day that's scheduled for me to be a hundred is actually Little Uppy's third birthday. Her birthday is supposed to be a hundred degrees, um, but. So next week I'll probably um, make my Uppy in the Stash Corona debut, but for now tonight I am doing. Uh, don't think I've done this one or this brewery on the show before. Doing a Twenty First Amendment Brewery, brew free or die. Um, I chose this one because um, it was the IPA that got me into IPAs. I was grocery shopping at my lo- local grocery store one day, probably a couple of years ago, and I. You know, I saw the packaging, you know, is the one that has like the Mount Rushmore, like cartoonish Mount Rushmore on it. I was like, hey, that looks pretty cool. I'll give it a try. And then like I came home, drank it. And like two beers later, I'm like kind of feeling a little woozy. I'm like, oh, I can get behind this. So it it was the beer that broke broke the IPA barrier for me. So that was that was your India Pale Ale moment. That is actually pretty awesome. Uh, my my first India Pale Ale was actually in uh, at the Snowshoe in Sonora, mm. California. Mm. For all you Sonorans up there, forty five minutes for me. So that's more of an uppy thing, yeah. stash thing. But yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, at the time I was in uh, Yosemite um, visiting and doing things up there that young men should be doing at that age. And uh, we went out to Sonora and said, "All right, let's let's." random place called snowshoe and i don't think it exists anymore to be honest with you because last time i was there and they said it didn't exist but shout out to the snowshoe if anybody who's been there owners past owners thank you for introducing me into ipa in 2003 nice wow pioneer yeah (laughs) i'm talking like a couple years you're talking about like you'll probably run around with a fake id yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, I just happened to look um, older than I was. Yeah. <laughs> you probably had a full beard like you do now. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I did. And um, we told them that we were um, just coming out of a backpacking trip or whatever. And I was with, with a bunch of other bros and they were like, ah, bunch of rounds. And they never asked for IDs. So Nice. Uh, so one other fun fact about 21st Amendment Brewery, it's actually up here in my neck of the woods. Uh, it's in the Bay Area. And um, typically we have this, like, mini tradition. I, I say mini tradition because it doesn't happen often, but if it were to happen, this is what would go down. Uh, if we happen to be flying out of San Francisco International and we have a flight anywhere, like, noon or earlier, especially during the week, then we usually stay the night. Because you never know with the Bay Area traffic, you know. So if we have a morning flight out of San Francisco, we will stay the night near the airport, which is technically in San Bruno. Um, we will usually stop in the city for dinner, and we go to the area near where uh, the stupid Giants play. I think it's Oracle Park now. It was AT&T Park forever. And that's actually where 21st Amendment Brewery has, like, um, a restaurant, so... We'll eat there, get mediocre food and some beer and drive down to our hotel, drive down the 101 and get ready for vacation. Nice. So, and decent food. It's not expensive. I mean, San Francisco, I mean, it's not like it's an upscale place, but, you know, it's a decent little restaurant and not a terrible area of town. And your dinner is going to cost you 12 to 15 bucks. So it's not outrageous. I mean, I've seen prices at Olive Garden be bigger than that. So if you're in San Francisco, check it out. So so um, I, I think everybody should know what the 21st Amendment is. <laughs> so they understand why I believe they're called the 21st Amendment. The 21st Amendment repealed the 18th Amendment, which yes. the 18th Amendment was. The, drum roll, please. What was the 18th Amendment? It was the one uh, prohibition. Prohibition, yep. And what we learned, and I'm not getting, I'm not insinuating anything when I say this, just because you outlaw it, criminals will find a way. But that always, you know, I always. <laughs> which is why we haven't done anything, which is why we haven't done anything with the Second Amendment, because, you know. Yeah, no, just a gig. Right, because, yeah, well, you know, I, well, well here's, here's, here's the thing about that, that argument that I always get kind of like, razzle dazzled with as they go oh well um why have a law if the if criminals don't even obey laws and you're like well then why not have any laws altogether if you know criminals are breaking laws anyways you know so that was like their talking points that they gave to these like pro hardcore um movement of people who decided that guns was their life and it's i mean i, I mean i don't want to bash any of our listeners if 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 guns is your thing i have no issues with guns People have a self, you know, this protection, you know, they have a, a right to protect themselves. But when sure. it becomes such an influence on our lives that, uh, you know, you listen to this organization um, that is failing. First of all, they're going to probably file for bankruptcy within the next year. But when you when you do this in this way that it, it just takes over, you just sound so retarded, you know, and everybody knows you never go full retard. Think for yourself. You know, I, I think it, well, it should definitely be clarified now because we're now international stars. Um, yeah. We officially have international listeners as of today, so we're super excited. Um, yeah, we're we're not all 
I, I who knows what goes on in Bolivia and Mexico and um, the other countries that popped up today, like uh, let's see. We also got some listens from Algeria. Wasn't Afghanistan one of them? Oh, my Afghanis, where are you at? I thought Afghanistan was on. There was my Afghanistan people at. <laughs> but I don't know what shows on your news, but we're not all probably, you know, we're, we're not what you probably get see portrayed on your news stations when you see stuff from the United States. Yeah, not in any way. We're, you know, um, Kim Kardashian doesn't live next door to us. We're, we're, we, we, uh, we tape, we, all of our uh, podcasts are done in California. Um, we're just in different parts of California. And so Kim Kardashian doesn't live next to us. Uh, Disneyland is not a stone thrown away. Uh, and um, what else do they think? Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is not our president here. Okay. So everybody knows that. He was our governor for a little while, but that was it. And we're happy he's out. Yeah. But we're not all nuts. We're not all eco yeah. nuts. We're not all gun nuts. They're all not like what. Yeah, whatever whatever they portray California as is like this lib this huge liberal state of these commies running around and socialists and everybody's barefoot and pregnant and uh, you know that doesn't exist. <laughs> well, sure, and I, I think that's a good message for uh, those who like to listen to us from Texas or uh, Pittsburgh or something. But I think for our broader international audience, they just need to know that not all Americans are Donald Trump Trumpians. Yeah. You know. There are those of us who just despise everything that him and that party do oh, and believe in. I despise in. both parties, so there you go, everybody. <laughs> so there you go. I'm, I'm a registered independent. You know, Donovan Mustache is a registered independent and vote for me for governor. How about that? Huh. California. I'll vote for you. I wasn't laughing. I'd vote for you if you ran, for sure. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd run. I mean, you do need, you do need a good lieutenant. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd run. I'd run, and I have my whole cabinet already picked out. Nice, nice. Uh, so, one uh, few odds and ends here before we get into the uh, the nitty gritty here. Um, we just found out Mrs. Uppy got her vacation, her days off that she asked for. We <laughs> literally we had plans. Relations, like we had an alternative plan where we thought we're we're like, well, for she could for sure get half of it off. So we had like an alternative plan where all of us but her like go on vacation for a few days and do all that not already paid for stuff like go to the beach or something yeah and barely survive without her because you know she is you know the heart and soul of her family um and we would just fly her down like midweek but um her boss is like some and she works at a place that has it seems like they have more cheese than indians where she works but um one of them said hey i'm going to change your schedule we'll get you the time off and i was like Finally, because it baffles me in a setting where you don't have paid vacation time, why it would be so hard to get unpaid time off. Yeah. You're asking to not be there, not get substituted. And not work, not get that, no money for it, yeah. I don't get why that's so difficult, but it is. And it just drives me batty that, you know, because we're leaving for your house a week from this Saturday. We're leaving for your house on the 8th. And it is May 20th. And speaking of May 28th, it is our brother, Brent and Liberty's birthday today. Oh, congratulations. <clears throat> Why didn't he say anything? We were in this big old group text today. Well, 
I would have like posted like uh, naked selfies. <laughs> he turned thirty-seven. There's no, there's, there's no making a big deal about that. I don't know if a significant other would have been happy about it, but I would have uh, definitely, you know, done some good, you know, upper body shots. Uh, I don't think Lady <laughs> Liberty would have cared. <laughs> I, I really, I really look great in designer jeans. So everybody knows. Um, well, you know what? Uh, maybe I'll send them something a little bit later. Um, yeah. Mind you, it's probably like, what, one in the morning over there right now? <laughs> yeah, one thirty. Yeah. And then uh, after we recorded, because uh, we record on Tuesdays, so after we recorded last week, uh, also from the Idiotville podcast, uh, their their host and moderator, Dill Spears, it was his birthday last week. So happy birthday, Dill. We know you listen. Um, can't wait to get you on. And for our listeners who were like, oh, who's Dill? He wasn't on the show. Um, the only reason why he wasn't on the show so far, like for the NFL, was because he's also a Steelers fan. So we just didn't have the need for duplicate fans of the same team. Yeah. So that is the only reason why he got left out. Um, we're going to do more work with those guys. And at some point, he's going to get on and just show us how smart and awesome and funny he yeah. is. Our, our next show, guys. Yeah, and he's trying to have us, and you know, so it's, yeah. it'll be cool. Our next show will be the Kaepernick. I know we keep talking about it. We're shoring everything up right now, and uh, this will probably, actually, besides our June eighth show, this will probably be our next show as the Kaepernick. Um, but this will be a big one. Um, a lot of information is going to be thrown out there. So, um, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we rock your world on this on this next one because you're going to see. And hear a lot of things um, that'll possibly possibly change your mind about how you view uh, protest and Kaepernick and his message, and and yeah. you know it'll be, it'll be cool. We we want we want you to think. We we're, we're thinkers here. You know we're not we don't toe the line. We march to the beat of our own drum, and we drink beer that is uh, locally produced. And so, if you're listening, beer makers, are you drinking a Corona? <laughs> yeah, White Plains, New York. Come on, man. Freaking support us. <laughs> Is this thing on? Yeah, it's on. Uh, and also on top of that, we um I'm sure it's been mentioned every time we've mentioned the call the Kaepernick show. Um Brent and Steve Castle will be coming back for that one as well. So yes. yeah. Um goes to show how much they love to want to do it. They're willing to put their brand on it as well. Yeah. It'll be a great show, everybody. You'll know. Okay. Well, let's move on. Okay. So, you know, what's really cool about today's show is that we are going to talk about villains, but not villains in the sense of like, sometimes they're like the most evil person of all movies. Right. But mm-hmm. like, they're just sometimes just a nasty bad guy. And you're like, yeah, who, who the hell could be some of my best villains? They could be just straight assholes though, too. When you think mm-hmm. about it, you know, right. they, and, and, and those are the kind of guys that you kind of root for sometimes in the movie. Cause you're just like, <laughs> They're just funny about it, you know, and so, and 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 I think that was a great topic because we have all these um, these shows ending and movies that are coming out that uh, have a lot of really bad villains. We had you know uh, Game of Thrones and Daenerys or Danny, and then we've had uh, the Avengers Endgame, and so you got you know I haven't seen it, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping he fucking dies. I, 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 I just get this over with already. I just can't believe he just killed everybody, you know. But anyways, um, 
to start off my villains, um, I'm going to start with my number three. And it's something okay. that I, I, I really like this villain because um, it just makes me laugh. Uh, um, and I watched this uh, quite a bit with uh, Little Stash. It's um, uh, Lord Business from the Lego movies. <laughs> Only the first one. He was not a villain in the second one, but the first one he was absolutely. It, but he's, it's so funny because, you know, you got you got the crazy glue, the crackle, and, you know, um, the, the, the polish of Nail. So, you know, right. no polish, you know. So, um, but it's just funny because he, he truly is like the villain, but like just the random stuff that happens in that movie just makes me laugh. And then just really makes me root for him, you know, cause right. you don't know what happens at the end, but he's, he's my, yeah. he's my villain of the day for number three. And especially the second movie, he just phones it in. Oh, oh, you guys will figure it out. I'm going golfing now. Mm-hmm. Makes mom be the bad guy in the second one. Uh, my number three is, uh, I'm not sure if you, this uh, role is classified as a villain, but this was one of those roles that was done so well by the actor that it took me a long time to like him in other movies after that. Like he just did so good at his role. And it was um, Bradley Cooper's character in Wedding Crashers. Yeah. He played an asshole so well that it took me a long time to like his other movies. Like, because that was my first thing. My first introduction to him was that Wedding Crashers movie, and he just was the biggest dick to Rachel McAdams throughout the whole movie. I was like, I fucking hate this guy, and it took me a long time to actually appreciate his abilities. Probably wasn't until Limitless came out that I started actually appreciating his uh, acting abilities. Yeah, um, I don't know. He he still kind of kind of comes off like um, single sided for me though, as a as a person i mean don't get me wrong like the whole um the whole movie of him being part of 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 what he did to get his name out there was fucking funny because <laughs> he was the jerk the entire time you know so but limitless was a fucking great movie though imagine being able to take a pill like that and you're like my mind's open it's like <laughs> it's like the cocaine of like mind opening you know it's 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 crazy <laughs> If there's a pill out there, I'd love to. I'd love to try it. Well, maybe like five years ago, I'd try it. <laughs> Probably wouldn't do anything now, but uh, back in my community college days, uh, I, yeah, like my community college days, there probably wasn't nothing that I wouldn't. I wouldn't try it. Well, <laughs> heroin, I didn't. I wasn't. And crack cocaine were the two things I probably stayed away from. Uh, well, only crack cocaine was I probably only presented once. I never was actually was around with heroin. <clears> thank God. Yeah, I mean that's a good thing. Yeah. Anyway, you're like, and I was a trisexual. I tried. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I was in my twenties. I figure I could. I I live long enough. I, you know, if I can make it to twenty six, I'll be all right. And so, <laughs> all right. What's your number two? Number two is he's you're rooting for him, but you want him to die, right? But you're still rooting for him because this makes the whole movie. There's a reason why this whole movie is made was because of the predator. My favorite villain. Number two. Right? <laughs> and the first predator, you know he's a hunter. He's going out. He's going out uh, after Arnold and his team, whatever, right? And you're like, this is freaking cool. They're in the mm-hmm. jungles, right? And then, you know, 
you you're just kind of like going along with it because it's kind of a relationship of back and forth. But when you get into like Predator Two with um, Glover, that was when you're like, okay, you you want him to you know be around, but then you're kind of pissed when he beats him, but you're happy at the end, you know, because they they throw that gun to him <laughs> as kind of like, hey, you've made it, right? You know, and you're one ugly motherfucker. You know that part of the whole movie. Yeah, you have to see both Predators to understand it. But that's the reason why I I love the Predator movie is because you root for him, but you hate him, and that's what makes the whole movie. <laughs> right. Shout out to you, Predator, and all those guys that. <laughs> there's a lot of in my area. There's a lot of guys out here that ride motorcycles and they wear the helmet that has like the the Predator dreads that come out. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually pretty cool Can't it's actually pretty it. freaking cool <laughs> I think people up here do the mohawks no people are under the predator um, one here my number two is Scar from the Lion King oh yeah I put more thought into it I drew a lot of parallels between that movie and just real life United States where we had, we had a good leader who did his best and everything was alright and then the bad apple who represented represented the worst of everything uh, finds a way to take over and destroys everything. And then in the end, you end up with a place where it doesn't work for anybody, which I feel is kind of like modern-day America where it's just getting bad for everybody but the 1%. And to continue one last parallel is at the end of the day, you know, Simba rises up and takes over and makes it beautiful again and – I'm hoping in two years from now we'll have a nice progressive president who is going to just lead us the direction we should be going. Unless Mitch McConnell's in office. That guy's got to go. Please, if anyone is in Kentucky listening, vote for anybody else. Anybody. Like, also, in a related note, if you ever hear me being arrested, it's probably because I ran into Mitch McConnell. I stabbed him. And my rage... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> there, there. No one enlists as much. Donald Trump doesn't enlist as much rage in me as Mitch McConnell does. Yeah, like, he keeps Kentucky that man. Poor. I don't know what I would do. He keeps Kentucky poor. I'm, I'm, I, you know, any Kentuckian listens out there. I, I know that you, you, you're really into your, your politics, and you want to show that you have your loyalty to your party. But, but, but think about how this mm-hmm. one man has gotten so rich off of a government salary. Right. The very thing that you mm-hmm. despise of, but yet you still vote for him. And another crazy thing is like um, when he re when he ran again on his uh, reelection campaign, um, Kentucky was one of the largest beneficiaries of the Affordable Care Act at the time. And, um, and what I mean by large mm-hmm. beneficiary, I mean, is that they were able to move a huge amount of their population um, into the program and get them well and get them um, with you know the medical the medic the medical care they needed that it was a case study they were <laughs> like wow you know that's and they showed all the positive effects of it people were getting the medicines they needed their cholesterol was going down they're, they're taking the care of their blood pressures right just you know the overall well-being of Kentucky and so they can go to work and and live a, a happy life and do those things was there. He ran on the fact that he wanted to um, to pull it out root and branch uh, and and end it all together. And people were like all for it, not knowing, not knowing 
right? Well, they I think they knew, but I, I want to say that they denied it. I don't know, I'm not Kentuckian, that they were the direct beneficiaries of the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. So Yeah. Think about those farmers in the Midwest right now. Right. Oh yeah, like yeah. Yeah. Keep voting Republican, guys. Right? That, this is what you keep getting. You're not the beneficiaries of that socialism you complain mm-hmm. about. <laughs> so what's your number one? What's your all-time favorite? Well, you one? know, after some discussion uh, pre-show, I, I decided that uh, we, myself and I, um, I was with Bad Santa at first because I love that whole character of him. But um, if anybody's ever watched the original Bad News Bears with Mo- Walter Matthau, He's not essentially a villain, but he's definitely an antagonist during during the entire movie, right? He's 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 supposed to be the guy that's supposed to bring this team together, but just the whole drinking and cursing and cussing, you really like don't like him, you know, but it's just so funny on like the types of things that are said on this movie. You just wonder how did it get that rating? Like if that movie was made today, right. it would be like NC seventeen with the shit that people say. Uh, but it was like rated like G <laughs> back in like 1970 when this thing was made. So shout out to you, Walter Matha. I know you're dead, uh, but you were great and grumpy old men. Yeah. Hey, and now you're being talked about on a podcast that is international. So there you go. Your Walter legacy Matha. lives on. And yeah. what is your number one? My number one, you know, I almost wanted to go with the guy who was chasing around um, Nicolas Cage and National Treasure. Both of those guys. Yeah, I, as much as you'd want to give me shit for like being a Green Day fan, uh, I, I'm also like about the same way with Nick Cage. Um, I, <laughs> I probably overrate him in my own mind, but I'm not going to go with the Nick Cage movie. But I'm going to go with Marv and Harry, the Sticky Bandits from uh, the Home Alone movie. That was a very iconic movie of our youth. Oh, yeah. Holly Culkin was all of our heroes when we were young kids because he was like our age. And yeah, the Sticky Bandits, Marvin, Marvin Harry. Um, chased him around for, I think, two movies. They, you know, they were after him. So, um, yeah, no explanation needed. I think everyone listening agrees. <laughs> <laughs> they're the they're, they you know when you when you think about the whole plot line you 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 go man I can use that like if someone's trying to break into my house and they're gonna press the dumb the doorbell maybe I should put a thumbtack on the in the, in the doorbell you know or or how he added uh, ice and and uh, water under the steps so they could mm-hmm. slip right there's all these crazy things you're like man how did Macaulay Culkin come up with all these and things? he did that without Google you know. That man was a genius for being 10 years old or nine or all. Yes, very true, ladies and gentlemen. No Google in the first home alone. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean. Oh, and, and fun fact, uh, in the second home alone, Trump made his appearance. The what? Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He, well, we don't need it. Well, you know what, though? The, the kid had an imagination and he read. Well, I. Uh, <laughs> well, this is, we're talking like Chicago. You know, the first one was Chicago, and I, I'm just surprised they didn't have, like, a ton of guns. Maybe guns weren't outlawed then. What, <laughs> what, what, town, what, what town were they living in originally that they had to fly all the way to Chicago? Because 
I think they were like Midwest, right? Somewhere or, in there. I, I could have sworn. I don't know why I have Chicago. Oh, because you know, I, maybe I have Chicago in my head. So I think the actual original house where it was shot at is in Chicago. Hmm. But you're right. And where did they go? New York? And they flew to New York or something? No. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, the first time he was left at home, correct? And wherever it is mm-hmm. they lived. And the second one, yeah, how did they get in New York? Yeah, this being me, I don't know. I, can't remember. I don't know. And we're so far away from, like, we're six months away from Christmas, so we have a long time before it's going to be on TV. We're going to We'll I'll have to make it. a note to revisit this because. Well, here, here, here are some good Christmas topics. One will be we'll revisit the whole theme mm-hmm. of it. Okay. The second will be is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? That is a question that we must ask our fans and something that we can debate. Some on Twitter say no. Die Hard, Die Hard is not a freaking Christmas movie, even though all of the action and everything happens on Christmas. I feel it's a great Christmas movie because everything happens on Christmas. And I think we have to do like um, – What do you think? We'll have to do something like you know our favorite classics. I'm not sure how it was for you and your youth, but like in mine, and like it was kind of a big – like we didn't have much. and um, But I, I do know it was kind of a big thing in the Uppy household that you know my mom had her TV guide and the classics were coming on, you know, the Charlie Brown or the Rudolph or the Frosty and – Watched all those, you know, we taped them all on the VHS, and that, that was a big deal. And so, we can maybe revisit our top two or three classic um, Christmas movies or shows from our youth stuff that was already old when we were kids, you know. Yeah, yeah, way old because we were like nine or ten at the time, or even younger. And so, that was the cool thing, you yeah, know, the, the stuff that came out like, oh, now in Technicolor, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? Color is. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, we we actually got through all three, huh? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I think it's uh, break time. Perfect. Yes, and uh, we'll let everybody go take a quick run to the gentleman's or ladies' room or, or whatever bush or tree you decide to find, and uh, we'll be back. <laughs> or yeah, or the bathroom door, and, uh, and so we'll be back after this. Uh, Quick little musical note that I uh, picked up for you guys today. Welcome back, everybody, to the Uppy and Stash Show, and here we are uh, 
talking again about the medical procedure known as abortion. It always weighs on our mind. Yes, we're two men that uh, um, have an opinion of it, but we're 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 pro-life and we're pro-choice. We love life. Who isn't? Who doesn't love life, right? But we are for the fact that a woman has the right uh, to choose all medical procedures that she feels is fit um, for her life um, and nothing else, right? That is a decision she has to make on her own and she should do it. And these are opinions of our own. So if they differ from what you feel or what you think, man, chime in on Facebook and Twitter and on our um, any other pages that we have out there. So here we are. Mrs. Uppy told me at one point, you know, the reason why we have such like a outbreak of anti-vaxxers is because we've had a whole generation that hasn't seen the ill effects of the diseases we eradicated. Mm-hmm. And so we're stuck in that cycle of, well, I don't have to worry about measles or the whooping cough or polio because no one has it anymore. So yeah. fuck, you know, f- fuck the fake studies that says my child's going to get autism. Um, and now these things are making a comeback and then we're going to have to live through a cycle where our kids are going to be have, have to band together to do the herd immunity and, you know, re-eradicate things. And then I almost, feel, I almost feel like, um, abortions are going to run the same way where, um, cause I just saw how, excuse me, I think the last abortion clinic in Missouri is going to be shutting down this week. And now you're in a situation where, these women are going to go back to doing what they were before Roe v. Roe v. Wade and risk their own lives to do what yeah. they need to do. And so we're about ready to see the ill effects of that. And then we're probably going to have run another cycle of how do we fix this shit? Oh, that's why we had Roe v. Wade to begin with. Well, the, the, <laughs> here's, here's where, here's, I think where I think the next, um, it's going to be a lot of us, but of a younger peep crowd too, is that how, how, they um, frame the issue, you know, because the the more that we just say the word abortion, people are start going into pro-life, pro-choice type of thing, right? Because I don't know anybody who's not pro-life. I'm pro-life. You're pro-life. Everybody's pro-life. Right? Who isn't pro-life? But when we start talking about pro uh, being a, abortion uh, advocates, is that we need to say that we are advocates for a medical procedure that benefits both the mom you know, and the baby or not even the baby, just mm-hmm. the mother, because at the point it's just the mother, right? We're, we're, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I am totally for medical procedures that advocates for the patient, plain and simple. Right. And so. Right. Oh my God. And then my dad, my dad and Mrs. Happy got into a little Facebook argument mm-hmm. this week about such a thing. My dad posts some generic, you know, picture of some baby that's at least a few months old and said abortion kills babies I'm like no it doesn't <laughs> was this the one where the baby was like this big or something or was it like not even of no it was one of like the baby's like been out of the womb for a while like there's laws on the books in certain states that say killing this child is okay and it's like no there fucking isn't yeah. and then <laughs> you know so i think mrs Appy always starts out like being ginger about these things because you know we're talking to my relatives and yeah. people we know and People we do love, they're just stupid sometimes. And um, he's like, no, it doesn't exist. And then my dad's like, oh, no, it it was all over the news, ABC, NBC, CNBC, blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> like, and it went back and forth to the point where she posted, like, an article that says, no, this, you know, 
what I think happened was the Senate Democrats blocked a bill that the Republicans wrote protecting newborn babies from being killed. Like It, it was just a small tidbit of the mm-hmm. whole bill. And so the Republicans turned around and made it, but like, oh, the Democrats are for killing babies after they're born. Yeah. Uh, you know, they way overgeneralized it to get, you know, their, their religious right, you know, in a huff. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is what happens. This is what happens. You know, I am, I am um, <clears throat> pro uh, medical procedures that uh, benefit the patients. So. <laughs> I want to keep saying it in that way so that people can say, oh, you're pro, pro. No, I, I am pro-life. I am very pro-life. I just, uh, it's like what you said uh, earlier. You're, you're not, you're not uh, pro-life. You're pro-baby. Pro-birth. You know, because, yeah, you're pro-birth. You're not, you're not uh, against the killing of, um, of, of prisoners, right? Because if you were, you'd be pro-life. You'd say, hey, we shouldn't kill anybody, right? We, yeah, you want to know why I don't, you want to know why I know you don't really give a shit about kids? How many school shootings have we had? How many times have you tried to do something about it? How many times have you sat there and said, no, good guys with the guns is yeah. what we need? Arm the teachers. No, you don't give a fuck about kids. Not until they're yeah. – George Carlin we had, should. Oh, George yeah. Carlin always has like these great points that you've made them 30 years ago and they still make sense, you know. But Flint, Michigan, look, look at how many kids got lead poisoning. So how are you pro-life? Yeah. You know, and don't even care to fix the the Flint. Flint still does not have clean water to this day. But you want to overthrow the governments in Venezuela? In Venezuela, you know. How many billionaires do we have in this country? You could have said, "Hey, yeah, I I alone can." Before you call me, before you want to call me crazy, uh, J.P. Morgan loved this country so much he gave his own money to try to help get the country out of debt. Yeah, right. So there were rich people who believed in the greater good, who did greater good things. Uh, Vanderbilt wanted his um, he wanted his stuff done to the point where he provided his own infrastructure. Nowadays, you came in like build a brand new sports stadium for a private entity without them trying to get the municipality to do it. So there was a time when there were the uber rich who actually did their part. Well, that's is all I'm saying. Why do you why do you think San Diego did not? Uh, um, you know, the, San Diego was so anti-establishment um, politics of of building stadiums, right? They were not status quo anymore. They were like, we can't do this, right? That's all. Uh, we have a perfectly good stadium here in San Diego that works, uh, is functional. We can upgrade. Um, has a great rail system to it, right? People can get in and out, uh, but. Freaking the owners wanted a brand new stadium that would rival Dallas and, you know, you know, Minnesota and all these other stadiums that were being built at the time. Um, and they wanted their, their share of the pie and they wanted San Diego to pay a huge, huge price for it. And San Diego was like, uh, no, you know, I'm not going to happen. No, I, mean, I, I, I think we kind of got into this in a previous episode. Um, you can't con the California voter. There was a reason why at a time um, someone it was before the Rams moved from St. Louis, they were scouting out stadium locations in SoCal for the Rams. And one of those places was the city of industry. And they chose the city of industry because there's pretty much yeah. no one who lives there. So there's <laughs> pretty much no one they had to, else they had to convince to vote for, you know, helping them out. And it, even then it still didn't pan out. But you just can't convince a California taxpayer to give up their tax dollars to fund 
private stadiums. It just, I mean, that's ultimately why the Raiders are moving. It's why the A's are struggling so hard to get a new stadium. Um, it's why the Warriors are moving to San Francisco, um, where the Giants play was privately financed yeah. uh, at the behest of Major League Baseball. They didn't like that the Giants did that, but they did because it was the only way they were going to get a new stadium. And I think Staples Center was all privately built. And that's just how these things – Stan Kroenke is, I believe, paying for all of the Hollywood Park, all $2.6 well, of it. So, Well, hey, if you got – if if you have enough money to own a team, then I think you have you have enough friends with the money to help you raise capital to build a stadium that does not rely on government funds. It's so funny because these guys are like sh- straight like anti-government. They don't want any government involved in their regulation, but they want government money. They want free money, right? Mm-hmm. Because they want to say that we are um, we're going to bring in jobs, right? Prevailing wages, which is always a huge issue, huge issue, huge issue. But not only, not only after the stadium is built, what type of minimum wage jobs are there? They're like, well, we brought in jobs. You're no better than a Walmart. You you pay these people, you pay the people who work there for you minimum wage, and you have them work crazy hours. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. seasonal. I mean, the only way, and I actually have a coworker now who lived in Denver. Um. And that was one of the jobs she had. She worked for like a sports entertainment, whatever it was called. And that's the only way she made it work is because she got to work for all the sports teams. You know, when it was basketball, she worked for the Nuggets. When it was hockey, at the same time, it worked for the Avalanche. And then when it was baseball season, Rockies, football season, Broncos. Because if you were in a city, um, is it concession? Say San Diego. San Diego, you couldn't do it all year round. So you're talking like, yeah, like you said, it's no better than a Walmart where, oh, you're probably going to get hired on to work for Christmas, but that's it. Yeah. So. Well, well, a lot of the stadiums take, take uh, they use concessions uh, companies. So uh, DNC, which is Delaware North, um, concessions, I believe is the last, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, our users, but uh, DNC is, it was one of them um, that actually, uh I, I don't know if it's San Diego or Oakland. I can't remember the two. I want to say it's San Diego. God, was it San Diego? That they use DNC as their concessions providers. So it's not like the actual stadium hires them. There's a another company that they outca- they 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 basically just say you can deal with all the concessions part of it, and this was the same concessions that was uh that that was Yosemite's concessions provider for years and years and years and years, and they wanted to renegotiate their contract and they left for many years. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the famous names in the park was because DNC was part of the process, and and because they left, they wanted to take the name with them. And then National Park Service fought them back and said, well, no, there's, that's part of the park. You can't take the name anymore. So, you know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. outsourcing. That's why they could pay the minimum wage. They can they could be a multi-billion dollar industry where they are concession pro- uh, providers to national parks and uh, theme parks and other places, but pay their people minimum wage. They're no good. They're no better than Walmart hmm. at all. Because if they can pay them eighteen bucks an hour, right? Imagine if the the community worked there got paid eighteen bucks an hour, how much of a benefit <laughs> it would be for them to be able to actually afford and live and be in the city, maybe even go to games on their days off. But no, there's this podcast that I listen to called The Moderate Rebels. 
on iTunes. And there's this cool book that they were talking about. And uh, um, it's called The Moderate. <laughs> he actually named it The Moderate Rebel. It's from Max Blumenthal. Uh, let's see. Let's pull this up. Uh, Max Blumenthal. And um, what's really cool about it is um, he really gets into um, our foreign policy and where um, where we mm-hmm. started, right? He does a contemporary view. He doesn't go right. uh, super far back. He goes as far back as maybe I think the first Bush, mm-hmm. and then kind of goes from there about how we ended up, how how we got to nine eleven, and then how did nine eleven change us, and then from there how do we keep falling into the same traps? And the book's called The Management of Savagery. And, and, um, it really, 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 he really gets into, um, different points of history that, um, will make you think about our foreign policy because, you know, this whole Iran, um, war, uh, mongering that's going on that people want to go out and, and bomb Iran. They think that we're going to do this like in three to five days, just how we, we thought Mm -hmm. we did with Iraq. Right. But what they're not telling us is like how much how much um, influence and or how much skin in the game that we've had in the Middle East right. and or dealing with people, you know, from these different countries. And then we're so easy to, to freaking, you know, throw them under the bus um, and and get rid of things just because it's not it's not working in our favor anymore. And so that's something that I think that maybe some of our listeners should listen to. It's called, you know, the the management of savagery. savagery. Well, his his um, podcast that he uh, has out is called The Moderate Rebels, and he does his book review. It's a little long. It's a little winded. You probably will have to listen to it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But, man, it will totally change your whole idea of our foreign policy um, when he starts dropping the facts about mm-hmm. what occurred and um, who was involved. And the CIA is like, is probably the biggest culprit of our of, of propaganda pushing going towards Middle East wars and whatnot. There's there's a war that they don't like. I mean, there, there's a war that they're willing to fight. You know, anything comes oh, up, they're willing to go fuck, up I don't and know. do it. What's your what's on your uh, must read list or want to read or if you could read? <laughs> um, it's funny because we <laughs> let me let me remind our listeners, everybody. Uppy's a busy man. Okay, there's a lot of things that Uppy's in part of. Uh, we're very pro union, so a lot of union activities that are uh, consume uh, the schedule. Yeah. Plus life. We took little Uppy to the library for um, story time. They call it, up here. They call it wiggle worms. You know, they do more singing, and, and then they read two short stories. And then you take the other yeah. kids upstairs to have them fight all over the same toys upstairs in the little kids area. Um, and we were reminiscing, Mrs. Eppy and I, because you know we don't see much of each other. How there was that one summer. So little Eppy was born 2016. I want to say it was the summer of 2015 where I'm pretty sure we spent more of our time reading books and watching TV. Like, hey, I got home from work. We had spent our evenings ignoring each other reading books. You know, I must have read like 20 or 30 books all summer. Like, we were constantly at the library, but um, 
I'm pretty sure I've read all of his stuff, but I'm, I'm just a huge fan of David Sedaris. Um, his style of writing, his sense of humor, his way of conveying okay. the story, I just really love. Um, so anything by him, if I had the time, I'd reread maybe some of his books. Like, let's discuss, like, Diabetes with Owls and stuff like that. Like, um, he, he does, I guess, more memoir style, because what he writes is he writes, like, about his life. Like, is retelling stories that he's lived. So... But he does it in a way, obviously, it's interesting, you know. So I think, I think he was like some poorish kid from North Carolina and got into drugs, you know, after high school, which is probably more of a typical thing to happen. I think we're talking the 60s, maybe 70s, and um, met the man of his dreams. And then I think for a while they're maybe still living in France or something, you know, <laughs> it just, it's the way he tells the story, the way he portrays everything. I think it's his yeah. sister. She did that show. Like I just bumped the mic. Sorry. Um, his sister, Amy had a show on TV not that long ago. I forget what network, but yeah. So if I, if I had the chance to read, I'd read something about that. Um, lately back around Christmas time, I think I read a few books on the Cleveland Browns. Um, one was authored by Terry Pluto, who's a media member out that way in Eastern Ohio. So if I had the time, something like that, it's something that would, you know, I like to read to make me laugh kind of thing. So I'm in the same way with movies too. I, I want dumb humor yeah. is what I want for my escape. You know, I can't all just be alcohol and misery and apathy yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah. So my my stupid alcohol escape, my dumb escape, excuse me, not alcoholic. My dumb escape would be um, <laughs> watching other Jersey Shore. Uh, much love to you, New Jersey. Much love to you, New Jersey. You're just so just that short. That movie just really, I mean, that show just really made right. me feel um, like uh, I was living my life with purpose. That was me in reading uh, Tucker Max books. Hmm. I thought you were going to say Tucker Carlson. I was going to say, well, I think we're never a, no, I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't. You didn't come off as a Carlson type of uh, type of guy. Fun fact about Tucker Carlson: he's a rich snob. Okay, he grew up in a very rich family. Yeah, he's a very rich guy who grew up with a rich family who got this Ivy League education, right? And he just comes off as snobby, and people like it. And then he presents these questions and these views that are very white supremacist and uh, racist in a way that here's the thing with racism. If the racists like you, you're racist. <laughs> okay. And they liked what he was saying. So can't stand him. But to go back on your note on that, David said, uh, um, um, on the road by Jack mm-hmm. Kerouac was like one of my favorite books by Jack Kerouac. And I probably read that at least 10 times. And then I read all of his other books like Dharma Bums and whatnot. And then I read a couple of his other like autobiography things that talked about him. So any Jack Kerouac fans out there, shout out to you. That's a great book. Um, it took um, a number of years. I think it took him seven years to fully write that book out um, on the road and a couple of other years to get it fully, fully published. So to all you writers out there, don't give up on your right. dreams because it took him it took him a while. And and it's a it took him a while and it took him different versions, you know. It it that, that couldn't be the version mm-hmm. 
um, that he officially wrote the first time. It's a great book. It's a good <laughs> summer reading on the road. My summer reading on the road is my Facebook news feed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, great. You know what I love about summer book, uh, Facebook news feed? Is they're so accurate. <laughs> they're so accurate with information. I swear you can tell what's going on in the world with Facebook. Uh, you can tell what's going on from the two vocal minorities. That's basically what it is. You get the you're exposed to both extremes, but none of the middle. <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody oh it's always um uh it's Facebook's a great way to frame media when you think about um it's everybody else's views, but the views of the person that's being hurt, right? It's like, well, I think they should do this. And then the other side's, well, I think they should do that. But then the person that's actually being hurt by something, mm-hmm. they get drowned out out of the whole thing, right? Or they're the friend of the friend of the friend who's been hurt by something. Well, my <laughs> friend, you know, <laughs> like, all right, buddy. All right. This is why I don't follow Facebook anymore. I can't stand Facebook. Uh, speaking of, this would be a good segue. You need to get on at least to invite your friends to like the show. Um, and if you're not already liking our page on Facebook, go on Facebook and search for the Uppy and Stash podcast. Find us, like us, engage with us. Um, if you prefer email, you can email us at upbstashpodcast at gmail.com. And Stash, where can you find us on Twitter? Well, on the Twitter, you can definitely find us at, uh, at Uppy and Stash. That's at U-P-P-Y-N Stash. That's N-S-T-A-C-H-E. Uppy and Stash. We have nice. six new followers. Thank by you, the way. Idiotville. It's actually pretty awesome. We're getting I- Idiotville. Um, yeah, it's not too bad. We bring them up <laughs> a lot, but they are true friends of ours and true friends of the show. And um, when they promoted our stuff, we got a few new followers and likes. So if you're joining us because you know them, welcome and please stay. We have cookies. <laughs> we have free cookies. <laughs> yeah, please. You can find them on your internet browser. We have cookies. We got free food. Yeah. And soon soon we'll be doing our own Patreon account here, and so you can donate to us so that we can keep this going. Um, we're both full-time workers and and with families, and so we would like a little day off to work on this podcast so that everybody enjoys it, especially during our NFL predictions, which we'll be doing a lot of yeah. soon as the NFL season kicks off. The Actual season, not the preseason, because I'm not a big fan of preseason. I don't. I feel like there's not much to watch in the preseason. People that are not going to make it, and you get excited about, and then you find out they didn't make it. But I'm excited though, because I, I mm-hmm. come fantasy again. I'm, I'm ready for fantasy football this year. We're getting there, man. We're, we're inching closer every day. I think I just saw a thing. We're a hundred days I'm away. Excited. So I was like, it's yes. gonna be a great. Yes, we are our summer away. And, you know, hey, being out in California, we can wish our summer away because we kind of don't want to live it. Because as was discussed at the top of the show, we're a week away from 100 degrees. So we can wish it away. Like, yeah. I understand if you're yeah. listening to us from the Midwest or the East Coast, especially the East Coast, Great Lakes region, you don't want to wish your summer away. These are the best four months of your life this year. So... I guess uh, I hope, you know, your Tigers or your Indians or your Pirates are doing well and they keep you interested all summer. 
Because you're not going to wish your summer away from the Great Lakes region because you get uh, – I lived it. You get snow like eight months out of the year. So it's all about May, June, July, and August because – Yeah, you're going to be happy there's freaking – It's happening. It gets cold again. It gets cold and weird and everybody just goes back into hibernation. Mode. But crazy, like, because, you know, I got more than my fair share of Pennsylvanians on my uh, Facebook. Lately, uh, their weather has been far better than ours from what I've seen. <laughs> They've been in the 80s while we're in the 60s and like, oh, sunshine. But I've also seen the Midwest is just getting pounded by some nasty storms lately. So All the way in May? Is, is, is that is that uh, normal? Because I'm, I'm not a Midwest. I think technically tornado season, if you're going to run it by tornado season, I think that runs until June. But I don't know. E- I, I would think it's probably about as weird as it has been for us out here yeah. where we've just had so much rain and it's just crazy. <laughs> so much rain. Like I know I, we literally, we weren't joking when we, when we were talking about, it feels like Seattle right now last week because it really did. Yeah. Well, Memorial day was gloomy. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Weather. I mean, it wasn't exactly warm, but it wasn't too cold, but still, um, and then still and then it ended up raining heavy for the rest of the night, probably from like around 7 p.m. on. I don't think we had that issue up here, but it was definitely gloomy all day. I'm like, I thought it was going to be a better day than this, and it just wasn't. Yeah. And today, well, all right, well, here's the funny thing. Where you probably got the rain, it was like 7, 7.30 at night. All of a sudden, the sun finally came out. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> It's time to wind down, and, and the, the sun, sun comes out. Show up. I'm like, Fuck you. <laughs> that's, that's how it works over here as well. All of a sudden, pink skies come out, and you're like, "The fuck were you for like for seven <laughs> hours of the day here, man?" For the last three weeks, right. where were you? <laughs> fucking used you. Well, no, the thing down here too with the weather for everybody is this. And then, and anybody can agree with me who has a big yard is that you're out there and you're fucking weed whacking and you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're covered in fucking weeds and grass and you're like, finally, I got this done. I can, I can relax for the rest of the summer and then it rains and you go back there again, you do it again, you knock all the weeds down and then it rains. It feels like a freaking constant war back here with weeds. And I don't want to use a lot of chemicals, you know, around, around, around here, but I'll be out there again. Is what I'm saying. I'm a Californian complaining about whacking down weeds in June now, because I'm like, and that's a good because I'm not going out there again for another week. I'm not going out there. It's not going to happen. I guess you're going to be out there June (laughs) seventh. I'll be I'll be out there the day that you're down here weed whacking, waving at you in the backyard, and hoping that you're enjoying your barbecue. We're going to pull up to your house from you all exhausted. I, I fucking hope you like it, man. <laughs> I killed myself yesterday. <laughs> I, I, I was really gung-ho. And everyone spends their time inside looking right? at their devices. I was really gung-ho <laughs> about you coming down and every, you seeing everything at its most pristine. I'm at the point where I just don't give a fuck right now. I'm like, I'll, I'll make sure the lawn is mowed and, you know, the, ed, the edges are done. But after that, not dealing with it. Unless it's really bad, then I'll knock it down. But other than that, not dealing with it. Huh? You're here for me, not for the weeds. I hope. Right. Well, it depends on what kind of weed we're talking. Uh, tall green, Is this green leaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said that. It's on record. Ooh. 
Well, 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 fun fact here in our Southern California area, if you could uh, walk out into the hills that are just tall enough, uh, you can see the different farms uh, that we may have. So whether it's uh, Christmas trees, which there are a number of around here, and or weed farms, and you can see them with big old fences built around them and everything. So it's pretty cool in, in a weird sense, you know. Because it's just, well, literally out in the open because we're out in the open. Once you come down this far, just as well as up there, there's we don't have trees like there is in like the Sierra Nevadas where things cover everything up, you know? Um, you, you don't get that luxury. Right. Yeah. Well, actually what bugs me, so we finally legalized weed. You, you really would have thought that we would have been the first state to do it, and we weren't. I was actually a little sad. Yeah. And as I mentioned, I don't partake. I don't do it. Not that I don't agree with it. It's just it's not me. Um, but I do love a good high. Like I had my stoner days. Don't get me wrong. And uh, I I don't think any less everyone of anyone who does do it. But we finally legalized it. And then, like, when you're driving in your car, you have to have your air, like, your AC on the circulated air. Yeah. Because all of a sudden it's like you you're smelling everyone else's pot smoke because they're doing it while they drive even though it's, they're not supposed to, so yeah. All of a sudden nowadays, like you smell weed so much more now even just driving the car because everyone's doing it. Everybody does it freely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they even do it at the park. They even do it at the park. Every once in a while, you'll find some dad or mom or whoever it is in their car really fast, hitting it up before they go to the, you know, play with their kids. Uh, you know what? It is what it is. I guess by the time that our kids get old enough, it's going to be like, whatever, mm. you know, people are not going to care. I don't care. I'm at the park. Do what you want to do. Just don't bring guns. Right. <laughs> Just don't bring guns and syringes to the park. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. All right. So, do you want to throw a dance party at the park? Fine, do it. Just no guns or syringes. Because, you mm -hmm. know, our toddlers, they like to dig their hands inside of the freaking mulch or whatever. And you're like, don't do that. There might be something right. in there. <laughs> don't pick that shit up. All right. <laughs> don't put it in your mouth. Somebody just pissed on it. You know, mm. funny stuff. Toddlers. So, what do we got next here? We got the local news. Oh, check this out. In the local news in our area, there was actually mm -hmm. a plane crash of a fighter jet uh, near um, one of our local bases, which we don't have a lot of down here. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so uh, the crazy thing is that it actually had live ordinances on the plane itself. And mm -hmm. uh, there's quite a bit of video of the plane going down. And there's some video out there of when they detonated the ordinances. But the flight plan uh, that follows the route of the actual base itself, um, there's a lot of houses in the way. And so if, mm -hmm. if, if the pilot had lost control and or had troubles five miles earlier, he would have mm -hmm. landed in the houses and not in the industrial area as he did. He wow. ditched his jet um, just on the other side of a freeway um, where there's a bunch of houses as well. Um, and, you know, it crashed into an industrial building where people had to go to the hospital and whatnot. But um, 
Which makes me think, though, like, why wouldn't the fuck you crash your... If if the base is there, right, why crash it beyond the base? Like, you're literally... Why can't you turn around and, cr- and crash it right right into the base? Right? Mm-hmm. Why can't you ditch it into the base where it's controlled? Well, I have to imagine if you had the knowledge to answer that question, you probably wouldn't be asking that question. And not like not like in a complete duh situation. Like, had you had the knowledge, then... You know, you say, oh, this is why he had to. But it's crazy because you said five miles, and five miles is not five a lot of miles, time. No. When, you, when, you're, when you're talking how fast those jets fly, like, we're not talking a very long period of time. That, you know, that, uh-oh, we're talking, like, probably seconds. Yeah. Well, still, if if even if he was trying to control it, he didn't he didn't turn around. He was still going straight. Um, where he crashed, there are still houses beyond him, right? There's no more fields, so mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, like what the fuck? Like all your life, you're training for this thing, and you can't even crash to the base that you're flying into. You know, could he not turn? I guess there's a lot of answers. I live in this area that it happened, so there's a lot of answers. A lot of questions and there are answers in this thing, and I hope there's a report that comes out. But you know, living in the area that I do, it'll go back to like you know, area man begging for food, whatever type of shit that goes on around here, kind of equivalent to the Florida <laughs> man type of shit. So it kind of scares me, well, because you know, this area like there's a lot of military activity because of the base, and and uh, although mm-hmm. they say the base is shut down. The base is not shut down. A lot of F-15, 16 fighters, jumbo jets, you know, mm-hmm. bombers, whatever, cargo planes coming in and out of the freaking airport. So, And they fly really low, really low. Tell me, five miles earlier, somebody would have been dead and had a big payout from the U.S. government. Get some of the money back because, you know, that plane that was lost was not cheap. Yeah, the generational theft, right? That's what it comes down to. <laughs> we're going to be paying for a plane that we're not even ready to fucking fight. You know, just keep dropping money on technology that doesn't exist that you're trying to come up with. But because, you know, the thing about the weapons industry and like the military industrial complex is that it's 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 permeates our culture so much that it's we think that there's such job uh, enablers, but when all of a sudden there's a big job hiring with these guys, like um, you know um, Boeing and whatnot, and there is destruction in the world that's going on. Like you know the uh, the Iranian um, saber rattling. The only people that are going to mm-hmm. benefit is the weapon manufacturers. At the end of the day, you know mm-hmm. the guys that make the bombs are going to make the most money because we're buying them buying up the bombs. You know, why do you think think these wars last so long? People are fucked. Not people. Very rich people are getting rich. Not people like you and I are getting rich. Very rich people are getting rich, you know, which is sad because we're killing innocent people. Because we want to chuck 3,000, a $3 million tomahawk bomb or whatever it is. It costs to do that tomahawk, you know, at nothing. Yeah. I guess I have less morals. So that the sad part for me is we're not in on it. I wouldn't mind being in on it because then I wouldn't be poor. <laughs> <laughs> I morals out the windows. 
keep talking because I'm going to look up something on Twitter that I think encapsulates exactly how I feel. Okay. All right. So, Let's keep talking for a second. All right. So, well, I'll, I'll go off uh, back on my rant. Um, to you, uh, Boeing and other um, uh, industrial uh, military complex um, weapons makers out there, you are truly doing us a disservice because if you think that you're going to invite like uh, women into the STEM fields and then promote these pe- promote women into these uh, official positions of leadership, that somehow you're making headway uh, and you're progressive, you're not. Um, what you're doing is you're saying it's okay to be a woman and destroy things just as much as you're saying it's okay to be a man and destroy things. When I mean destroy things, I mean like killing babies, um, the bombs that you make, um, kill babies, they kill families, uh, they kill little kids on school buses in, in Yemen because uh, your name was all over that freaking, all over that bomb, um, and somehow it's okay, and it's not. So stop this progressive fakeism uh, that you got going on and um, you know become truly and say and do what you truly are, that you are a weapons manufacturer. You just don't make planes, Boeing. Um, you make death. And uh, I hope that um, uh, you, you come to terms. And if anything ever happens super big, that people rise up and fucking overthrow you and kill you, the CEO and your shareholders, and hold the scientists that are there freaking accountable for what they've done and the death destructions that they've caused. It's my rant for 30 seconds. (laughs) Well, I found what I needed, what I needed to. And this comes from our, uh, from Twitter, our buddy, Dill Spears at Erie underscore idiotville. It simply says, I either want less corruption or more of a chance to participate in it. And I think it's very well said. Because there's times where I'm, you know, being union guys, like I'm fighting against the man, you know, like yeah. F this, F that, that's not right. But I get to realizing that if I had the chance to be on the other side of it, I probably would. <laughs> I'm sick of being poor. <laughs> yeah, if you were the one making money, it'd feel good, right? <laughs> With that said, I could be sold. I, I could be bought, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I have a price. There's a, What's the saying? Um, you know, either you're broken, miserable, or rich and unhappy. I'd rather be rich and unhappy than broken, miserable. Right? <clears throat> so, well, what, what are you going to get? You know, I'm, I'm rich, but I'm, I'm not happy. Well, it's fine. It's better than being broken, miserable. Shit. Right. <laughs> I think my mother-in-law said something to me the other day about how she had read some study or some something that basically said, uh, basically, poor people benefit more from exercise and more money or something like that. It's like, well, you tell me. <laughs> Go to a poor person, offer them exercise or money, see what makes them happy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> tell that guy I'm making a minimum wage. Uh, what do you want, uh, money or exercise? Fuck, give me the money. Yeah, because here, here we live, you know, in a city where rent's like 1400 a month, but... Minimum wage is still only twelve something. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. I'm pretty sure they're gonna want more money. Yeah, everybody wants more money. Everybody, even poor people. Well, there's another study showing about poor people is that poor people tend to help other people out, and then mm. they did the same study saying, well, how do how do rich people do it? 
rich people tend to help them own, their own selves out and not other people, right? So it's like a mentality thing where they go like, no, fuck, you want to help myself out, not you. When poor people are like, well, let's help everybody else out, right? Because when we do that, everybody benefits because then you're going to help me out when I need it. And you're going to help me out, right? And the rich guy's like, nope, fuck you and everybody else, and I'm helping myself out. Self-preservation, <laughs> or what they call greed. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for tonight, but we want to thank you, as always, for joining us. And we also, once again, would like to encourage you to reach out to us on Twitter and Facebook and engage with us, because we would actually like to have these conversations with you during the week and not just talking to you on this podcast once a week. And uh, with that said, Stash, do you have any parting words for us? Johnny Cash once said, I leave here a wiser, weaker man, and I hope you do the same tonight. I'm going to have my parting words, too. And my parting words are, everyone, until next time, we wish you a good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Get my kicks and I wanna start